Yeah, go for it. Welcome to If This Then That, a podcast about brand strategy from Berg School of Communication. I'm your host, Michael Anito, and I'd like to introduce my co-host. I'm Adam Horn. And this week, I guess we're talking about alchemy. I think this is a really fun subject. I'm really looking forward to exploring it with you. And I think that we have two slightly different takes on this. We do. We do from uh, our chats beforehand. Perhaps you'd like to start with uh, yours. Yeah, I mean, I think like I think some of this comes down probably to our background, our professional background. But I see, I mean, alchemy is a is a beautiful thing, and we probably should define it for people that have never heard the phrase. That's or a good heard, idea. Have, or they've, maybe people have heard it obliquely or used as a reference. But do you know where the do you know where the concept comes from, or do you know where like what the old concept of it was? I don't. What do you, I mean? In the limited amount of research that I've done, I think it's kind of it, it happened around the and I'm going to edit the right century in here if I <laughs> as I edit this, but I think it happened around the 13th 14th century when science was very new in the Western world, mm-hmm. and it was a way of creating gold or making gold or discovering gold mm-hmm. and they thought that they could they could kind of bring together different kinds of philosophy and science together to divine gold out of something it's kind of famous now because it's been proven to be wrong right you can't make gold by doing you know weird things to rocks or whatever you know you can smash rocks open and find the gold but you can't put the gold inside of that right. so I think it's really interesting that we look at alchemy as this kind of weird, dark, sinister art or beautiful, <laughs> magical world where you, you combine kind of very human factors and scientific factors. I think you've hit the nail on the head there, right, with the word uh, combine or combination, um, because that's very much, I think, uh, you know, regardless of uh, your uh, our definitions of it, which, of course, we'll go into in just a second, I think it's that combination part that's uh uh super interesting and super consistent with all the kind of like definitions if you uh ask alexa um what is alchemy <laughs> <laughs> which i did five minutes before uh, i'm not sure recorded. if i need to beep that from the podcast <laughs> I, hopefully i love the idea that everyone li- listeners alexa's light up um uh what does she say so alexa uh, gives you a bit of the history and then talks about how it's uh it's kind of like a mix of uh different uh, disciplines uh, used to purify, mature and perfect certain materials. And I like that as a kind of like description, because I think that's where we can start to uh, apply it to um, uh, uh, marketing and so on. Yeah, it really has an overtone of a one plus one equals three thing. Right. So it's really about like a powerful combination that gets you to a specific outcome. Tell, uh, tell me a bit more about how you see it, your definition of alchemy. In strategy anyway. Yeah, I mean, I think that our difference in approach really comes from our background. Alchemy is an approach where you take an intuitive combination of things mm-hmm. that gives you a result that is hard to explain or hard to verify, but sometimes it just works. Right. Uh- so, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, that's that's coming from a creative background. So, I mean, the stuff that you kind of look at is like, you know, you can look at statistical things, you can look at science and very objective things, mm-hmm. but then you combine it with, like, the idea that humans are 
these wonderfully quirky, unpredictably rational, and we do things that we like. We think that we're very rational, but we're not always rational, and that can be hacked and used in uh, good and bad ways, I guess. Uh, I'm going to say something that's going to surprise you. Excellent. Um, We have the same definition. Uh, Now I'm disappointed for the (laughs) listeners. (laughs) Oh, no, these guys are agreeing again. Um, But no, my definition is pretty much the same. Um, uh, I guess there's maybe a different start point, which is particularly when you look at um, activation. So when brands have to connect, uh, converse, um, and also, you know, listen to um, their audiences, um, there's an increasingly large uh, mix of elements that all of which kind of need to be kind of combined uh, to produce results in, you know, what is clearly a more complicated world. Yeah, absolutely. And also maybe the other little bit of difference is maybe alchemy, um, it's almost from a, from my perspective, it's less about kind of absolute success and more about the process. Okay, that's interesting because I always like in my my mental model of alchemy that I built up in a ragbag kind of way over time <laughs> is all about uh, getting to a magical outcome and understanding that the process is messy. And maybe this comes back to like I've got a creative take on it, right? Because generally creatives accept the fact that it's a scrap to the answer right. in lots of ways, right, right, right. Whereas I reckon. Maybe strategists are a bit more focused on a more methodical approach. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. And so that probably makes alchemy a little bit harder to accept for certain personality types that are attracted to strategy as a career and as a mode of working. I don't know. What, what's your, what do you think of that? I think you're right about there being more of a logical process. Um, at least a more logical thought pr- uh, process and uh, and also kind of like a logistical one. But I think now that the kind of outcome uh, or outcomes um, are uh, this kind of more of a acceptance of there being a little more surprising, even if your, you know, your objectives and your, um, you know, your goals are actually kind of pretty set simply because of like uh, I was talking about uh, beforehand, the, the, uh, the unpredictable nature of some of the elements that are going into, you know, what's the marketing mix uh, these days. So um, I just think it's like an interesting way to, or alchemy uh, is an interesting way to view the process. Do you think there's a good understanding that the best strategy requires alchemy? I think sometimes it does, to be totally honest, and other times it doesn't. I think there are some brands and businesses where actually you could be pretty methodical about the elements that go in um, and what comes out. Uh, Increasingly less so because the world, like we said, is more complicated and there are different layers to it. And, you know, the whole physical digital thing adds literally a new dimension. But there are some businesses where it's, you know, it's pretty... It is pretty rote. Um, I'll take an example. If you're in the construction industry or you're in mining and if you're thinking about, um, okay, how do we 
market these businesses and i know this sounds really boring you're of course you're looking at what's going on in like you know uh, the economy what's going on in society the environment and yeah. all those elements but it's actually pretty set right um i think it's completely different if you're like a retailer um, yeah uh, yes i think it's probably very different if uh you are and this sounds strange but if you're like a music artist or you're anything that kind of like uh uh really needs to tap into the zeitgeist um yep. so yeah i just think some businesses let's say the film industry really need to understand alchemy um and others let's say the construction industry don't really the the thing that uh differentiates those examples is the the rate of change right so, I mean, I guess if, if you are in charge of a big mining company or marketing or promoting it, which is probably B2B or mm-hmm. some B2C, mm-hmm, depending mm-hmm. on your size, you're probably dealing with the engineering of mining and that's changing. Uh, I'm sure that evolves quicker than we all realize, to be quite honest. I'm sure there's conferences all over the world that where great breakthrough innovations happen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The other thing that really changes is pe- like the world's relationship to it. So it's right. like when it comes to environmental concerns. And I wonder if they're fairly predictable. Whereas I guess if you're if you're making movies and all of a sudden in COVID year, mm. your cinemas are all closed right. and your James Bond movie can't come out right. and you're now in talks with Apple and Netflix about releasing it the first time as streaming, right. as a premiere. Do you see do you see a good understanding from like brands and companies? Do you think they're comfortable with alchemy? Um, I think that's a really interesting question. Um, I think so, but it comes under the guise of the culture of the company, basically. And some cultures, and I think it's interesting that we bring it out as a, as a kind of like topic. Um, but you know, we all know some like cultures of, uh, certain businesses, uh, just mean that the kind of alchemic process is a is like a natural um, uh, it's just kind of like a natural feature natural characteristics of how they put together like products people processes marketing and so on and of course there are other co- companies where the way that that's structured means that the kind of alchemic advantage or maybe benefits that you might have don't come out because things are in silos yeah. or the kind of like uh, culture's horrible or HR doesn't know, quite know how to kind of like uh, deal with people who aren't exactly like everyone else in the organization. So yeah, uh, I think it's just an interesting way to kind of view it. And I also think it's an interesting, now is an interesting time to see it um, as a characteristic, so characteristic or process that you actually want in an organization as uh, brands and businesses look to um, change the way that they talk about themselves, change the way that um, they put their teams together, Um, even like the products that they have. Um, um, So I think it's actually quite an interesting time for it to be on the table. What do you think? One thing that I've certainly noticed in the last 10 or so years is that as more and more communication moves to digital channels that can produce incredibly rational incredibly rational results or uh, reports 
there, there is an increasing uncomfortableness with things that are, that are not concrete. So, right. you know, if you, if you turn up with uh, a whole bunch of Google analytics or social media analytics that are, that are very precise numbers, even though they might, might not pertain especially closely or relate to a specific issue at hand, there seems to be a lot more trust or faith yeah, so there's a lot more faith that the computer system with the precise number is the truth, and there's a whole lot more uncomfortableness with the stuff that is that has soft edges around it. So the psychology of it, the behavioral science of it, all those kinds of things. I think that's really super interesting. You know, maybe that should be like uh, the the start point of uh, the next section, which is how uh, to be an alchemist. So if you were giving tips on being an alchemist, where would you tell people to start moving their, their mindset? Uh, maybe starting with alchemy a little bit as a necessity in order yeah. to get, you know, whatever commercial uh, advantage that you need. Because it's it's becoming yeah. increasingly clear that... Um, by impact um, have the right you know have the right talent in your um, the right talent in your uh, communications all of that stuff right um, even if yeah. you start to look at I don't know about you Adam but I think about just like the the simple levels of kind of like visual craft that goes into communications today versus even like three or four years ago like these bars are just you know so high uh whether or not you're doing stuff in a garage or a bedroom or whether you're doing it you know from an hq somewhere in cupertino um so you kind of need a little bit of magic basically um and so i kind of think that just having that element of the unknown or mixing different elements in slightly different ways is an absolute necessity to kind of like get some uh, distinction. What about you? I think I like, like all things uh, that are a little bit metaphysical in places, you need to believe in it. So I think like you need to accept the fact that great strategy and great communication and great create acts of creativity are, are leaps into the unknown. So you need to say goodbye to a precise world where everything's measurable uh, that there's a precise link between cause and effect. And a lot of that comes down to trusting your intuition. So, I mean, I've, when I've, I've worked with a whole bunch of great strategists over in, my, like in different places and over in my time in my career, the, the people that I've loved, uh, both at work and away from work the most were people that accepted the fact that they needed to get a bit messy and that great strategy wasn't just a straight right. line. Right, right. I don't know. I really appreciate it. Maybe just because I come from a creative background, I could relate to that right, a bit right, more. Right, right, right. It's funny because uh, I think this is where we a little bit diverge, right, is I kind of see uh, or alchemy now as almost like a result of having great strategy and processes and all of that stuff to get to a point where you can actually leverage it. Yeah. Whereas, 
Yeah, whereas I see it as like the process, which is the which is the messy, right. you know, there's a bubbling cauldron, you're pouring science into it, you're pouring weird facts and serendipity into it, and then you end up with this bubbling yeah, like George, magical George's Marvelous Medicine type thing. You know that book? Yeah, exactly. I yep. love George's yeah, Marvelous yes, Medicine. Absolutely. I just thought it was the most amazing thing ever, basically. Um, and I think that's a little bit what we're talking about. Um, and I kind of see it the way, but... I kind of see it like if we're using George's marvelous medicine as a uh, as a metaphor. I kind of see it as right. Okay, let's have like the right people and processes doing the right things to get to a point where you can start to experiment um, because we know what we're going for. Uh, and it may it makes me a little bit think of. Do you remember like a? It's quite some time now, maybe about seven, eight years ago when you started to hear about how Google were hiring brain surgeons and, you know, um, uh, social workers and all of this stuff um, as they're, you know, they're they're trying to kind of like perfect or, you know, evolve their products, Um, you know, scientists, um, all of this kind of stuff. Uh, And you're like, right, okay, that's because they kind of understand that, you know what, we can't just have like a bunch of developers and data scientists and all that stuff because we're trying to, get our product in a certain way. Um, and the the kind of like, so they were being kind of like strategic about that. And then. Yeah. They, they've optimized their engineering side almost as much exactly. as they could. Uh, and then the, uh, and then they realized, right, you know what, we need a bit of surprising results to get to where we want to go to. Right. And that's almost like the al- uh, alchemy part. There's enough. Yeah. Okay. I, I, def- I definitely agree with that. Um, yes. And then there's the, another thing, which I think is, and you touched on this earlier, which is this whole thing around kind of, you know, timing, you know, like serendipity, if you like. Yeah. Uh, yep. And yep. I, th- I can't, uh, you can't get away from that in when you're talking about alchemy in, in marketing, right? You basically, it, it's not as, abs- not as kind of in the air as you need to get lucky. Yeah. And you need to be open to the idea that things can float into your world or consciousness mm. that are, that you can bounce off. You can either bounce towards them or bounce away mm. from them. Uh, I love I love the way that you phrased that. I think that's, yeah, I think that's really important. And again, it's like, I guess my background makes it easier to believe in this magical thinking in some ways because I'm like, you know, it's the one plus one equals three and one of those ones you didn't have in your mind when you woke up this morning. But now but there's nothing perfect. wrong with magic. Right? Oh, magic's uh, right. It's like people, people love, love magic. magic. Like no one anywhere doesn't love magic unless, you know, you're, you're a bit of a dry soul. You talked about something earlier that I, I find I'd really like to know a bit more about and maybe our listeners t- will too around storytelling and alchemy. Yeah. I mean, I think that like one thing that humans like, and I'm, I, I don't know if have we really spoken about storytelling much in the past. I don't think we have. I feel like it's a lot of my conversations <laughs> in my life, but I, maybe it's not a conversation from no. this podcast, but it feels like it, a, a great story is kind of crafted and optimized to hit humans in a really powerful way. And I think alchemy is trying to achieve the same kind of thing. Ah, I've got it. So if I had to kind of paraphrase for you, it's kind of like the reaction. Yeah, totally. Um, so it's like an alchemic reaction when, you know, you uh, you construct storytelling in a certain way that brings in different elements. And of course it comes, you know, it, it's, it's listened to by people or 
you know, they interact with it somehow and it's that reaction. That's really interesting. Uh, I haven't thought about it like that. You know, they both produce magical sparks that capture our attention. Right. Uh, and I think that's the right. one thing they have in common, at least to me. Do lots of strategy folk talk about alchemy, do you think, Michael? No, not at all. Um, I've never heard it. <laughs> in a, in a, I've never seen it in a brief. I've never seen it uh, uh, in the, in you know, uh, in, I've never talked about it in meetings. It's never been something that I, I've demanded from teams or it's never been something that's been demanded of me from clients. It's kind of a little bit of a given. You know when you have it. Um, um, I'll give you an example. Um, I used to work uh, at a company called AKQA. Uh, I spent a couple of years there. Beautiful company, one of the world's best uh, in terms of um, ideas. Um, and uh, during my time there, there was a point where I started working with just uh, the most amazing group of people, um, uh, most of which are still friends uh, to this day. And this was maybe over 10 years ago. Um, and it was just the combination of being in the right company with the right um, uh, right client, which was Nike um, and uh, Ferrari, um, the right uh, people, the right briefs um, at the right time. And I wouldn't go as far as to say everything we did with mag was magic, but 99% of it was basically. Um, but no, at no point was, you know, alchemy on any, you know, piece of paper or, you know, any presentation or anything like that. Um, um, and it's just, it, it, we almost kind of like a little bit stumbled into it, but we had the structure of the company, which was, you know, done in a certain way in the culture of the company, which meant that this was like as likely to happen as not. So what other, I, th I totally agree. And it's like, it feels very lucky when you're in those moments. Sometimes you don't realize it until later that you're in a moment where you've got the right people with the right attitude and the right tools and the right projects to, to, f to do, to feel good about doing interesting stuff. Do you think people use other words for alchemy when really they mean alchemy? Um, yeah, they use culture. Yeah. Okay. Uh, they, they use the term process basically. Which is terrible because process makes, yeah, it makes it feel <laughs> you're like you're about working something magical. Yeah, exactly. Um, and you, you know, what's really funny, uh, actually, when I think about, uh, my Berg's course, I used to have like a, a, uh, a lesson all ar uh, around culture, but kind of what I meant was alchemy. Uh, and I meant it almost like specifically around the activation side of um, strategy. Um, and, so, and so now it's kind of right activation. Um, but really the thought that I want my students to really think about is alchemy. Yeah. Um, and, and it's like, and that's why I think you've got such an interesting question. It's, it's a little bit how you frame it. Yeah. Right? I think it like, I think it hides in other words and concepts and i culture you're right that culture is really what people are talking about in that kind of a certain je ne sais quoi about the combination of great positive elements can i something just before i forget it yeah, something just spr uh, uh, sprung to mind which is there's something that is i think 
almost like avoided when it comes to strategy activation, just the whole kind of marketing thing. It's talked about a little bit, but really not much. Yeah. Uh, and that's just the whole area of emotions uh, yeah. and how really emotions kind of like drive us um, and they drive how we interact with um, uh, marketing communications. Yeah. Um, and I think, I, I think it's, to this point being done at a relatively um shallow level yeah um and i think that's going to change um i think when we start to involve things like biometrics um where you could actually see the kind of like physiological reaction uh, to to things as well as yep. you know semantics and what people actually say. And then you're also tracking what people do. Um, <laughs> uh, and yes. you're talking about like in the real world and, but you're also talking about in the digital world. I, I feel that emotions and like the emotional part of things are going to become um, more and more something that we kind of like discuss and play with. Um, um, and yes, you can go down the shady Cambridge Analytica route. Yeah. Um, um, but I think it's just actually going to be one more of those elements um, uh, that we're going to actually have knowledge around that we're going to kind of like use to try and create that kind of like alchemy, create that fun. Yeah. It's funny that you mentioned that. It feels like when I when you talk to a lot of strategists, they will say, we want people to think this. Whereas when you sit in a whole bunch of creative reviews your thinking and the the topic is how do people feel about this? Should we talk about uh, examples of alchemy? Yeah, I think that's really good. Um, I think it's I think that's really useful for people listening because it'll help them. I think the examples will help make alchemy a bit more crystallized in their mind. So, what right, are your right, right. what are your favorite examples or brands or alchemic? which I think you said before and is a beautiful word. What are your, <laughs> really, it's a beautiful word. What are your favourite examples of alchemy, Michael? There's a brand, um, a fashion brand, sports fashion brand called Palace. Do you know them? I f- love them. Yes. There you go. Yes. There you go. I f- love Palace and I don't know why. I don't, I don't know basically. why either because I'm like the nerdiest white dork compared to their <laughs> super cool sk- kind of streetwear skate brand. And I would say a lot of, People who are into them don't know why. And because it's, if you look at the product, there is nothing superior about their product. No. Right? They're just like T-shirts, their decks. Yeah. uh, The odd jackets, you know, half their stuff, you know, from my perspective is kind of a little bit ugly. It feels more subversive Um, than other brands, though, in some way. uh, They do. uh, And that brings me on to one of the things that starts to kind of, you know, goes into the cauldron is this tone of voice. Yes. Right. So they've had this kind of really different tone of voice for that type of, for that type of brand. And even for the category where, you know, without describing it too much is, you know, completely self uh, depreciative, really kind of knowing breaks the fourth wall, um, realizes how ridiculous everything is, but also that, you know what, you really want this t-shirt. They have the the other thing that's kind of gone in is they've had this kind of like um, strategy of kind of like limiting quantity of products. Yeah. 
So from the get go, it's like, you know, once these 30 t-shirts uh, have gone, they're gone. Yep. Not in the same way as Supreme. That's in a different Yeah, area. I want to talk Just about- Just in a kind of- Sorry? Oh, no, I'd love you to compare them with Supreme, but sorry, continue. Yeah, but Supreme are another alchemic brand. Yeah. Um, actually. Um, and I think they have different elements that go into it. So if you take a, an example of, and of course, you know, one is a lot older than the other. Um, and, you know, would there be a palace if there wasn't a Supreme? Um, but would there be a Supreme if there wasn't Stussy? I don't know. Yes, um, good point. What I would also kind of say is like, there's this, there is this like magic element to palace, which means that like a brand like Adidas will go, you know what? We don't know um, exactly how you do what you do. Um, but we just want to, we just want you to do it with us basically. Yeah. And so like a Nike will go, right. Okay. We're going to do, uh, you know, we're going to make, um, uh, Paris Saint-Germain, uh, have like a Jordan kit. Yep. Uh, I did that kind of go, yeah, you know what? You're probably going to take the piss, but can you kind of do some tennis gear and maybe Juve and, you know, whatever designs yeah. you like and so on. And you know, they just kind of like, there's something a bit more organic and there's something a bit more joyous about it. Um, um, so I love Palace for that. Another one that I think is, if that's like a brand in the business, another one that I think is uh, really interesting uh, is Fortnite. Because I think um, one of the things that uh, I think you can uh, say about like really big alchemic uh, uh brands or brands that kind of like harness it is that they not only do something um special in a kind of like different way but they kind of go on to like change or define the genre yeah uh and fortnite does that for me 100 um it's it's you know if again if you look at it on its base level it has a lot of characteristics that you get in um uh, you get in like uh, hundreds, thousands of games, um, but it has somehow kind of like combined um, uh, different audiences, the way people talk, uh, kind of like interactive as well as physical behavior, even the way that you kind of like do brand partnerships, you know, notably their Marvel and their uh, Travis Scott um, uh, ones, kind of like just by doing it, redefine the whole thing. And there's like maybe another example that might um, uh, help uh, the seven people who listen to this podcast (laughs) (laughs) know what we mean by alchemy. So, um, uh, right, okay, so, you know, I'm going to bring something to do with film or sports and everything. So, um, uh, so you know, you've seen the Avengers, right? Uh, Yes, absolutely. Okay, and have... And have you seen um, uh, the Justice League, Dawn of Justice? I don't know. Now's the time where I need to admit publicly that I have not. (laughs) Right. Okay. So on paper, they are two uh, exactly uh, similar properties. So they both have comic book origins that have kind of like transferred into screen. Both spent hundreds of millions of dollars uh, on production. Yep. Both spent hundreds of millions of dollars on uh, marketing. Um, both involved, broadly speaking, the same storyline. One goes on to be, you know, one of the kind of like biggest films of all time and really importantly, uh, critically acclaimed yes. and loved. Um, and the other one goes on to make hundreds of millions, but is kind of like used as like one, a really good example of how things can go wrong 
in uh, comic book movies. So what, what uh, do you think gave, what kind of alchemy did Avengers use or chance upon that Justice League didn't? I think two things. One of it was uh, character development. Yep. And the other one, it sounds really strange to uh, say, but was cinematography. Okay. The Avengers did kind of everything right in terms of character development and using films around it and also within the film itself, um, which made sense for the kind of like story and the plot line. The Justice League movie, it was all kind of thrown together and a little bit weird. Not least because they changed the director, which of course is a really huge part of any film, um, like three quarters of the way through the movie. Yeah, I feel like you've, you're just making a different movie now. Exactly, right? Um, yeah. And they had reshoots, but every film has reshoots and stuff like that. And then if you look at the cin- cinematography, it's like one of them was just kind of kind of like open and made sense for the story. Yep. And the other one was contrived yeah right so it became like okay so this is the mood and like the uh the colors that we want to use um regardless of like the moments of levity yeah okay. if you know what i mean yeah um and so the the end result of these you know and these things are brands right you know what i mean absolutely um uh the end result is one thing which is great and another thing which should on paper should have been bigger than the the Avengers. The, I mean, like, <laughs> like Dawn of Justice had Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman in it. Yeah, that should be like the biggest film of all time yeah, for ever, forever, and it wasn't basically. Even though, like, the biggest, most well known um, stars went into it. So that's like another example of like uh, alchemy um, and like an appreciation of that just before the premiere. Um, uh, of the Avengers, um, they had an idea. Okay. Um, and they had an idea um, of how to shoot a post-credit scene that they thought would be fun. Yeah. Uh, and this is the post-credit scene when they're in the shawarma joint. Yep. yep basically. Yep, yep. So they've got a finish edit. We've got like a week to go to the premiere. Yep. Everything's done. We're hundred percent happy with the movie. And the director and the actors go, wouldn't it be fun if we actually do this post-credit thing based on the joke in the movie, yeah. basically? So they shot it. I mean, I think the, the really beautiful lesson there is that, like, you uh, always be open to, like, until it's playing in the cinema screen, you can always make little bits better. Yeah, absolutely. Until, like, uh, and now, you know, if we just jump back to marketing, there's very few platforms that you can't optimize or you can't like change things uh, in some way, shape or form. I like there's a Kanye West album that came out and the version that launched was different than the version. So he kept updating it. And I think that's really interesting. Social media is a great platform to do that because like, you know, you can log in, update it, change it and react really quickly. But it's like uh, we still have this kind of fixed mindset where like, you know, when something's approved, it's done. It's like it's locked in a vault and you can't get to it again. But I like the I love the idea that you can tweak and adjust things, you know, in a healthy way. You don't want to get neurotic over it. But to me, yeah. that seems like be- a beautiful way of, of just getting better. So I think that brings us nicely on to the golden rules of alchemy. Yeah. So what's your if you have one golden rule 
to guide people into the world of alchemy, what would it be? I think it's love the process. Yeah. And that means like the process of, you know, doing the things that make sense that you know you need to do, but then also the process of um, finding the magic. Yeah, I think that's a really good piece of advice. Um, If I had to add something, I would be like, just be very open to the idea that you can't just use logic to solve problems that humans have. Mm. So it's like, mm. I think you need to accept the the messiness that uh, to solve strategic problems, you need to pull in toolkits and thinking that you might know now or that you might need to learn and develop uh, and pull it together in a way that feels intuitive to you and in a way that you can you can craft to your own will. Nice. I really like that. Just, I think just loose. I, I think just like, just be, be a bit, bit looser. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I like that. Yeah. I think that that's good advice for everyone because like, obviously you need to stand up and be a, a big boy and stand up in front of people and make a convincing case. And I'm sure sometimes as a strategist, you feel like a lawyer standing up in court. You set a scene, you, uh, you convince everyone that this is the only conclusion that you can reach to convict or whatever. But it's like, I think that process can be a little bit more loose and fluid. And people will, if you, you can bring logic to that imprecise process in, as you kind of surmise it at the end. Nice. You've been listening to If This Then That with Michael Anito. And Adam Horn. Until then, stay safe. Stay safe. Bye. Go! Cool.